5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. Do the coaches watch football 
sit back and smoke crack. And the coaches also have uh, Nebraska number nine. And and trust me, this Nebraska team is not what you think it is, man. I watched them play against Oregon. They struggled to win that game. Had to come from behind to win the game. And they and, and they haven't beaten anybody but Oregon. That's where I have a problem. Are you telling me right now that Nebraska is better than Ole Miss, honestly? Come on, get real. Are you telling me Nebraska is better than Florida State? Not, I don't care about the losses at this point. Are you telling me that they're better than Virginia Tech? Are you telling me that? There, there's no way in hell Nebraska is a top-ten team. I don't have a problem with Florida State being where they are. Uh, they jumped nine places from, beat, from beating a team that we both knew was overrated, right? We, we, we knew Miami was overrated. But to jump nine spots in the poll, I just think they're trying to get Florida State so high up for that Clemson matchup in a couple of weeks. Because Florida State is a good team, but to jump nine places from beating an overrated Miami team, you you wouldn't even agree with that. No, I mean, in the poll that I, I put out myself, um, I believe I had Florida State 22nd. Um, you know, one, one, one of my gripes with the top 25 is that uh, Ole Miss is ranked ahead of Florida State. Now I get it. Ole Miss lost to Alabama and Florida State, and Florida State lost to Louisville and North Carolina. <laughs> but – Wait a minute, Ole Miss lost to Florida State. How is Ole Miss 12 and, and Florida you. State 14? I mean, like, like it's the same argument with LSU-Auburn. Like, LSU, they have the identical yeah. records. I have an issue with that when you no, have identical no. records. No, um, Florida State has more wins. Florida State is 4-2, and two, just like Auburn is. Ole Miss is 3-2, and two, and LSU is 3-2. So, you're wrong. Florida State has more wins, and they beat them. I mean, I think that should come into factor a little bit. Um, now, now my, my, you know, looking at teams like Nebraska and Baylor and West Virginia, uh, and I think those are the three teams that we're going to focus on more than any uh, right now is should they be ranked where they are. Now, West Virginia is low. They're like number 20. Um, and, you know, Nebraska and Baylor are right in that, that second tier, if you will. Um That'll that'll sort itself out. I mean, if Nebraska isn't as good as we think they are, we'll find out rather quickly with their conference schedule uh, kicking up. Baylor, we're going to find out rather quickly as well. But so far, Baylor, every curveball they've been thrown, they've answered. And and that's one thing I have to respect with them. Uh, Nebraska, like you said, if you look at their schedule, their best win is Oregon, and Oregon is a tire fire. There's nothing good there. Now, West Virginia, their schedule is starting to pick up right now. Um you know, these are three teams that when you watch, they don't really pass the eye test. But they're yeah. winning, so we're going to give them some love and some respect while they're winning. The minute one, either of those three teams lose, though, they're, they're falling out, completely bottoming out. Let, let's well, be honest. I have no problem with Baylor where they are right now. Um, they're the top team in the Big 12. I don't I don't have much of a problem with it. I and I even have a problem with A&M being ahead of Louisville right now. And I know Louisville uh, lost the game. Washington, they're good. They're 6-0. They're right outside looking in. Michigan, yeah, I mean, you're at four. Why? Why are you at four? You beat Wisconsin by a touchdown in the ugliest game in the world. You haven't played anybody. So, to be ahead of Washington right now, maybe they are better, but they haven't earned it on paper yet. 
and on the field from what I'm seeing. Tennessee State at nine right there. If you turn the ball over seven times, get a ton of penalties and lose by seven in overtime to the team ranked one spot ahead of you. Yeah, I, I agree, Tennessee staying where they did. But uh, Florida at 18, really. So you're, you're saying that Florida is better than Auburn, Arkansas, and teams like that. And I'll guarantee you this, guys. I guarantee you this, that Arkansas will be Florida. And, and, I, and I think Auburn will be in Arkansas. But Florida's big win against Vanderbilt, 13-6. to six. They got steamrolled against Tennessee, outscored, uh, what was it, 38 to nothing or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but they got up 31 to, 38 to 7. But, I mean, Florida, what have they done to beat so high in the polls, Jonathan? I mean, 18th, and they, they struggled to beat Vanderbilt. They they chicken shit out of the game against LSU. They haven't beaten anybody. They have not won a game that would make you say, wow, Florida's a good football team. Yeah, they beat Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Congratulations, every SDS school in the country has. So, I mean, what, what the Florida being right there, that's my biggest gripe. Florida where they are, Nebraska, and then LSU's not even ranking the AP poll. See, the AP gets closer than most people do. I mean, the coaches have no clue, but my problem is Georgia ranked 26th right now in the AP poll. How's Georgia up that high? Did, uh, did you watch that South Carolina game? Did you see their quarterback throw for 28 yards or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean – Georgia didn't really do much of anything, and I think that's a nice way of putting it. Um, we, we saw them struggle on offense, definitely uh, through the air at East, and like you said, had a had a rough game. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if anybody took a look at my poll uh, on our on our page, but uh, I, I put two teams at the back end of my top twenty-five that I know we're gonna. I knew we're gonna create some controversy if anybody really wanted to call me on it. Uh, and that was USF and Troy. And, you know, the reason why I respect Troy is because, in all honesty, they should have beat Clemson. Uh, I think Troy's a much better team than their conference uh, indicates right now. And USF's the front runner of a damn good conference in the, ACC, in the AAC. I dropped Houston all the way out after their loss. Um, but I didn't rank Florida. I don't think Florida's a good team. I think Florida – is a, a, a middle-of-the-road at-best team. They're not going to finish the year ranked in the top 25 uh, the, from what I see. I, if that, L, that LSU game is going to get made up according to the commissioner, they're going to lose that game. You know LSU is going to bring out all the positive yeah. fans for that game. Uh, Florida State's going to beat them up. You know, I, I think Georgia's actually going to beat them this year. Arkansas I think Florida will. Arkansas will. You know, my problem with Arkansas is they play no damn defense. And they play no defense. But Arkansas should beat them. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, I, I think Florida is ranked too high. I don't think Florida deserves to be ranked ahead of LSU and Auburn. But at the same point in time, the way the pollsters are going to look at it is Auburn, uh, Florida has more loss. So, how far down the polls can we rank them? Uh, I believe they're ranked ahead of Florida State in the coaches' poll, and it's mainly because they have one loss. And that, that's the thing that people are going to harp on right now is the win-loss record. Yeah, that's uh, – I understand that for 10 weeks in, but when you're just six weeks in, these teams haven't had a chance to – some people play hard schedules first at the end. Auburn plays tough schedule their first six and their back six. So there's no let-up. And 
in this schedule. So often people think, well, the tough schedule is first six games. Well, how does that Ole Miss, how does that Alabama, how does that Georgia, Arkansas say? I mean, that, that's a gift, isn't it? The four year last six games are against some tough competition, and three of them are on the road in hostile environments. I don't know if I'd call Oxford a hostile environment, but, you know, Oklahoma go at 19th right now. That's a trash team. I mean, they're garbage. They, the defense is terrible. Now, Virginia Tech going up, I have no problem with them going up. They, they demoralized North Carolina. They beat them 34-3. to three. That's a team that played Georgia tough, that beat Florida State, and to, put, to beat them by 31 is saying something. Their only loss was to Tennessee in a neutral site. So Virginia Tech, I think, should be probably a little higher. I think Virginia Tech is better than Miami, to be honest with you, in Boise State. Um, that's about where I'd cut it off. Houston only falling seven places, losing to Navy, Jonathan. That's uh, – I don't understand. We should be um, out of the top 20 at least for that kind of performance. But, yeah, I just wanted to touch on the polls a little bit and kind of go off. And and uh, I don't even think Notre Dame's anywhere close to the to the polls right now, looking at both of them. Uh, I don't see South Florida getting the votes. Stanford's still – how do you get Stanford votes right now in the top 30? I mean, how are they getting votes? They got skull drive by uh, Washington and Washington State. That's a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think I don't think Stanford should be uh, garnering any really attention right now as a top twenty-five team. People are going to say, "Well, injuries obviously have affected them, and injuries affect everybody." So I'm not I'm not making uh, excuses for somebody. You're going to tell me that their top two cornerbacks being out led them to just quit offensively and defensively? No, 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 no. I got I got problem with that. Uh, with that logic, so uh, we'll, 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 well, like I said, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out uh, this week. I think some of these teams are gonna completely plummet up, uh, plummet out, you know. And I, you know, I got a beef with Houston. Let me just get this off my chest really quick. Houston, I got beef with you. All right, so they ranked you high because you beat Florida State in a Peach Bowl. Congratulations. All right, now I do want to preface that by saying Florida State's quarterback was playing on a broken ankle. A, the backup was so bad, we put the starter back out there with a broken ankle. Okay, so anyways, congrats. So you beat Oklahoma on, on, a, on a kick six. Okay, cool. You beat Oklahoma. We found out Oklahoma ain't that good. Okay. You, you, you roll, what, three garbage-ass teams from, uh, from your conference, and then you play Navy and you make mistakes, and you lose. Well, Houston, you had one job. You, the whole reason the playoff came to be was that a team like you would have a shot if you ran the table to be in the playoff. You had one job, win all your conference games, beat Louisville, and you were in the playoff. There, there was going to be no arguing about it, and you blew it. I've been campaigning for an opportunity like yours, and you blew it. I'm annoyed, I'm disappointed, and I'm frustrated because y'all got a bunch of hype because you beat a Florida State team with a quarterback with a broken ankle. If we win that game, Houston ain't never talked about. That's my gripe with Houston right now. They're overrated on the field and off the field with their coach and and everybody talks about how great they are. 
Yeah, they'll win. They'll lose two games, and they'll they'll go to a New Year's Six Bowl probably, just because they're Houston and they've got a good coach. But let's go back to Georgia a minute. I just want to go over these stats before we get into our games. You got to give them some love. I mean, when your your leading passer has 29 yards, he's five of 17, a touchdown and a pick. Your leading rusher did a good job, 21 carries, 133 yards. But when your top receiver has two catches for 15 yards and a touchdown, Jonathan, it's, how do you win that game? It wasn't for that, that kick return by Terry Godwin for a touchdown. I don't think – I think we may have a different outcome. But it also shows – it tells me something else. South Carolina is a very, very bad football team. Because if you if you put Georgia doing those stats, Jonathan, to anybody else in the country, they get – they get trounced. If they did that to Vanderbilt, they would lose. So how bad is South Carolina and Georgia in the SEC East right now? Because I'm looking at it, Tennessee's it. The rest of them are way, way below average. Way below average. Yeah, I mean, I think going into the year, we all knew South Carolina was going to be a bad team. I mean, this is a team that I had topping out at four wins. I, I did not have any high expectations for them. I thought Vanderbilt and Kentucky could actually both beat them this year. Um, and, I mean, that's saying a lot considering how bad those two programs are. Georgia played a miserable game. Thank the Lord for the onside or kick return for a touchdown because it covered the spread. <laughs> and the game still stayed under. What, what, what are the miracles of that? But, uh, yeah, I mean, South Carolina's terrible. Georgia is a freshman quarterback. He's going to have ups and downs. But this was a really bad down. Like, this is terrible. South Carolina's defense does look good, like a little must-champ defense usually does. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, when you struggle that bad and your quarterback can't even hit 30 yards passing, you have bigger issues. And I'd say the issues are with the quarterback, the receiver, the offensive line, and the play calling, and the guys who are working with these kids uh, as far as uh, helping them mature and grow as football players. You're, you're completely uh, – Shoot yourselves in the foot. The quarterback coach has got to be embarrassed with a performance like that. But you're right. The SEC Justin, looks very I bad. I would beat that. I'm telling you, and I'm not saying that talking big. Put me in that game for one quarter, and I would have more than 30 yards passing. I promise you. And I'm out of shape, and I'm old, okay? And I'm not saying that. And I, would, I would take any amount of bets you want to take on it. I guarantee you I would tell a receiver, just go deep for one minute. I'd throw it about 40 yards, hit him in stride, and, and I'd go sit down. That's what I would do. And I'd tell the line, if they, if they let somebody touch me, I would kill them, each and every one, if I made it past the hit, if I made it past the hit. But the SEC overall – is uh, that website is, is pretty good, you know, with LSU uh, coming back with Miles being gone. I think they're going to be somebody to reckon with. A&M looks like a team to be reckoned with right now. I'm not ready to buy into their hype, but they, they look good. Uh, Alabama, of course. Auburn is hitting a new stride. Arkansas, I, I haven't bought into them. How many times have I told you, Jonathan, I'm not buying into Arkansas? That time and time again. Yep, and it's it's just the eye test that I can see. This is not the same Arkansas team that can run the football like Brent Bale and the like. This is not the same physical, tough Arkansas team. But there's there's three or four teams in the five teams in the SEC out of fourteen. That's that's not terrible, but it's not what what I'm used to seeing. But I'm just I'm just tired of hearing about Florida, and I'm tired of hearing about 
how great they are and, and, and dodging games. I don't care what anybody says, hurricane or not, they wussed out of that game, I'm telling you. And they tried to get out of a rule uh, in the SEC state, the highest winning percentage gets to go to the SEC championship game. So six and one looks a lot better than six and two when you start doing numbers, Johnson. I mean, it's just, it looks better. And that's one of the things they're looking at. I do not believe it's going to be played, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think so. I know people are assuring me it will and blah, blah, blah. I don't see how they're going to play it unless they move the SEC championship game, which is not going to happen. Unless they – because the selection shows the day after the SEC championship game. What, are you just going to wait another week for Florida and LSU to play before you reveal who's going where? Come on now. I mean, I don't think LSU's giving up a home game. I don't think they're going to do that. And I, I think that game's not going to be made up. But I do think Florida still loses uh, two or three games. They're, they're not what they're supposed to be. They're not that good. Let's bring on um, – Trey Patterson right here. Trey, what do you think about the whole Florida LSU uh, debacle right now? Do you think that game's going to be made up? Yeah, man, I was listening in, and I, I agree with you, man. I, I think um, the only way it can be played if the Sun Belt gets involved and helps out. But, you know, LSU's not going to give up a home game. Uh, and the math behind it being played in any other way involves other schools. Um which I, I, yeah, I just don't see it happening, man. I, I don't see a way it's going to happen. Um, and I, honestly, well, I kind of think LSU would prefer not to play it, to be honest, because I think for them it's it's a loss. And I think Florida looks at it – excuse me, it's for them the only thing they could – they think, you know, what, what if we lose it? Um, you know, it's not a game that I think they want to risk at this point. And Florida, I think, is looking at it as the math problem of, hey, we could win the East and not have to worry about playing it. So – I don't know that there's a lot of want to play it other than the SEC commissioner. It could be a favor. I didn't ever think of that, Trey. I never thought about the LSU point of view. LSU could be thinking the same thing. Hey, if we don't play, we can't lose, and winning's not really going to help us. So if we can avoid losing this game, then, yeah, that's a good point. What do you, what do you think about the your thoughts real quick on the AP Top 25? We were talking about Nebraska being ranked up that high and – and Ole Miss being ranked ahead of Florida State right now when Florida State has more wins and beat them. Well, I just I have trouble with these rankings sometimes. And, and LSU ranked ahead of Auburn in the, the coaches' poll, and Auburn beat them, and, and they have more wins than LSU right now. So your thoughts real quick on the top 25. Yeah, I mean, there's some things that are a little bit squirrely with the rankings. I'm not so sure that voters and some of this stuff really think a lot of this through. Um, some of it is when you win and when you lose. I mean, there's some of that that goes on. Um, there's sort of how you lose. I mean, Florida State beat Ole Miss. And that, that, went, that went, looked great. But then they got really just blown out by Louisville. Uh, and then to lose at home to North Carolina, who then loses to Virginia Tech. I mean, so some of it is kind of the dominoes of how you, how you play and when you play and when you lose. Um, I th- so I think that's why Ole Miss is ranked ahead of Florida State. Um you know, LSU-Auburn is kind of – that one kind of, you know, what has LSU really done uh, since that point to really warrant where they are? That's a little bit of a head-scratcher. And then Nebraska really hasn't um, really showed why they're ranked as high as they are. Um, I think that that one's the most suspect to me, Tarvin, is the Nebraska ranking. But yeah. – um, 
you know, I, you know, we really don't know what to make of Nebraska at this point. So it's kind of hard to really argue against in a way because they really haven't been beaten, you know, really down by somebody to, you know, make you warrant and go, well, well, this is way overrated. I don't really know. I really don't know what to make of Nebraska. They could be good. I don't know. But, yeah, and where they're ranked well, now, I, I kind of think it's a little bit suspect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They struggled yeah. against Oregon, and that's why it got me. And that's the only true team that played. But uh, just, just looking at the, the whole picture and everything, what did you, you think about uh, Carolina last night losing to, to Tampa? And do you think the Carolina – do you think they can uh, somehow find a way to make the playoffs with Cam, or do you think Atlanta's just going to take the division? Atlanta does look better than than I thought. I just wanted your thoughts on that. I know you like Tampa, so. Yeah, I mean, one, uh, I think the loss Tampa last night really hurts Carolina. Um, and while they were without their starting running back and obviously Cam Newton, they had everything else there, really. Um to really beat a really bad Tampa team. You know, I think Tampa didn't have their first starting two running backs, offensive lines, defensive starters. To really lose to a, a really depleted, bad Tampa team is concerning, even with Cam Newton and Jonathan Stewart coming back at some point. You know, I think Cam Newton's probably back this week, if I had to guess. I think I think they can make a run, but with Atlanta really I mean, playing well, I mean, going to Denver and beating them, Man, that, that that makes me think that Atlanta is yeah. is much for real. Where I thought they were a little, you know, they were a little bit overrated, at, you know, with the three wins. They go out and beat Denver with that defense and watch Tevin Coleman and uh, you know, Devontae Freeman really seem to be a great one-two punch. And Julio Jones is having a monster year. Uh, Atlanta could be real trouble for Carolina trying to scratch their way back into the playoffs. Yeah, I was just I just think a three-game if, if Atlanta sucks. It would be different being down three games to them right now. I'm not worried about the Saints. I'm honestly not worried about the Bucks overall when Cam comes back. But I don't no. know. The Falcons have to really choke it away. They have to really choke. And maybe it's a 7-9 and Carolina team. Who knows that they win the division again. I don't know. But are you excited about this week? We're going to start previewing this week of football. What are you thinking – you know, for this week coming up in college football, some of the matchups. I know a lot of people talking about the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, but the Stanford-Notre Dame game, Trey, we'll get Quinn on here in a minute to talk about it too. Notre Dame's a three-point favorite. Stanford's even getting some rankings, some love, some votes in the polls still right now. But does, does Brian Kelly get fired if he loses this game to Stanford? Yeah, I just – I just think it's a problem to Notre Dame, and it goes deeper than what's on the field. There's something going on with Notre Dame for sure, and this is one of those games where I think we'll see if Kelly can rally his troops. Uh, Stanford certainly is having problems, um, but the big thing is uh, really for Notre Dame, if they can beat Stanford and get back on track, I think you're right. Kelly is going to look to keep his job, and and you know Notre Dame can keep him. And I don't think their recruiting has been really good the last couple of years. Um, but if and they have a pretty good recruiting class coming up this year, so Kelly is is bringing them in. Uh, but certainly the streak they're on with the losses they've had is is very concerning. On the field, firing the defensive coordinator in midseason. I mean, there's some internal things going on with that program that make me concerned that Kelly isn't really holding the ship together and the locker room. And on the other end, Stanford, you know, you just got to wonder 
how good are they really? You know, they were pretty highly ranked at one point, I think eighth or seventh or something like that. Uh, and now you look at their team, and you got to wonder how many losses could get hung on them uh, in that Pac-12, even and during their conference play the, the rest of the way. So kind of an interesting tipping point for both programs in a way, Tarvin. Uh, I, I still think, you know, Notre Dame kind of fooled me beginning of the year. I, I sort of thought they were going to be really good this year. Uh, so I kind of still think mm-hmm. that they have the, the belief in them to be better than they are now and finish strong. Uh, but this is sort of the game at two and four. Uh, Notre Dame is, if they lose this, they could get blown out the rest of the way. That team could quit and Kelly could be gone during the season. That's all, that's all possible. And, Jonathan, I think this game is a good matchup for Notre Dame. And that's why, like Trey said, if they lose this one, man, it could be very bad because Stanford right now can't stop anybody. Notre Dame can score points, but Stanford can't score on anyone. And Notre Dame's defense is bad. So what gives them this game to to help Kelly keep his job? Well, I mean, obviously Notre Dame's going to have to come out and take control and win this game. Uh, I saw a report earlier that uh, McCaffrey might not play, um, which would be huge for Notre Dame's defense. Man, you know, it's going to come down to how Stanford's quarterbacks play. If Stanford's quarterbacks have their best game of the season, Notre Dame could be in trouble. But if Notre Dame's defense actually shows up, does what they're supposed to do, and the offense keeps on rolling, um, you know, I mean, last week was a blip to me. Hey, you know, I, I look at that and say weather-based. Um, but, you know, the rest of the season, offense look good. If Notre Dame can come out and win this game and get some positive momentum rolling, it'll be nice. But like, it's just like Trey said. If Kelly's got to be able to rally his team because there's nobody on that team thought they'd have four losses. So how do you get these kids to respond with, with, with being two and four? Yeah, the play calling Notre Dame last week in weather was concerning to me, the way they were getting themselves in third and longs a lot, and nobody completed a pass, I don't think, and that's what they, they kept trying to do. Let's bring let's bring Quinn on real quick to talk about his Irish. I know he's going to pick Stanford in this game, but, but Quinn, what do you think about your Irish right now? It's bad, and I I really don't understand why it's so bad, because the coaching staff can develop players um, I, I, it's mainly Kelly. It's mainly Kelly's game time decisions that's killed him at Notre Dame through a lot of games, through a lot of close games. And it, and like his play calling against North Carolina State when he rarely ran the ball didn't make any sense. Like I get yeah. that Kyler's the best guy on the team and usually the best guy on that field, but playing in those circumstances in rain when it's hard to catch the ball. I mean, he should have been running it be behind a pretty good offensive line, and that's that's pretty what good. I don't understand. And that's what his most his biggest problem is. Yeah, you got two linemen, I believe, that are two offensive linemen that will be going first, second round in the NFL draft this year. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. It's confusing me. And when I see stuff like this happen, and I thought at Auburn happened that three and nine season, when you've got talent all over the field, there's something internal going on in the locker room. And have you heard anything? You've been a Notre Dame fan. Have you heard anything possible that could be going on that causes this kind of 
season that we're seeing out of another game. I haven't heard anything, but the thing is, like, honestly, at Auburn, like, you could tell players weren't getting developed at Auburn. Like, at Notre Dame, players are getting developed, and that's what doesn't make sense to me. And I told I told Jonathan that six wins is the magical number, I think, to keep his job because because Notre Dame fan Notre Dame fans are are a really impatient fan base and if they don't get six wins the uh the fan base is gonna make Swarbrick fire fire Kelly. I mean I mean they're pro- it, six wins is the magic number and uh and well, I, I just don't I just well, don't have much faith in this Notre Dame team right now and I hope they prove me wrong and beat Stanford but I, I don't have any faith well, right now in this team. Okay. Well, let's, let's ask Trey. Trey, six wins for Notre Dame. I don't see four more wins right now, but I don't think they would take a bowl game in six anyway. Notre Dame would turn it down. So what do you think the magical number is for Kelly, and is there a magical number? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think, John, I think man, I, I don't know. I, I what Jonathan thinks, but I, I think, you know, six or seven probably in the ballpark. I think they would take a bowl. Um, just to sort of build something, a win off for the next year and the extra practices, if nothing else. But here's my concern is, is you have Kelly who comes out and, and think about the message from a player standpoint. You know, one week and says, hey, we were, we're behind Van Gorder. We're behind the defense. We understand what we're doing here. We're, we're backing it. And the next week, that dude's gone. So what message does that send to the defense, <laughs> to the message, to the program, and really the support? Uh, to me, I mean, when you're going to – send those messages. I, I just wonder what the players really are buying into, whether they have sort of started giving up on the coaching staff. And those are the kind of ingredients that when you start seeing that, that's when you start seeing a coach who's going to lose his tenure or lose his ability to, to continue that in university because of the, the loss of the locker room. And, and that doesn't go away easily. You just can't come back next year and have a good better a better program because you know most likely most of the same players are still going to be there unless you have a mass yeah. exodus you know where they transfer out. But uh, so I think that's the real key there is you know what are the players were they were they against Ben Gorder and was Kelly doing that was he sort of you know matching what the locker room was doing or did that come out of nowhere for them because that's that's the real head scratcher for me Tarvin was the mixed messages yeah. from week to week on that. Well, I kind of like the way Texas did it, but I didn't like the way they announced it, that we're demoting this guy. Why don't you, instead of firing a coordinator in season, why don't you work it out to where internally you talk about it, hey, we're going to try something different this week and see what we can do. I'm going to call plays and, and have Van Gorder do something else. But it's just like Chip Kelly every game. He comes out and he throws someone under the bus, whether it be a coach, his own players. And he never has once taken responsibility, Quinn, for anything. It's always someone else's fault, and it's never his. I've got a big problem with that if I'm playing. Well, well, he hasn't in public, but after that game, and it's on video, he, he, to the players, he did take responsibility. But, yeah, I, I didn't like it when he threw that center under the bus in the press count. I'm not the – I'm not a big fan of that. Um, yeah. But he, but to the players, and there is video of it that he did take responsibility. And 
But yeah, I don't yeah, like that. Yeah, but he didn't in the media though. Boss. But he didn't out in the what? media. To me, as a player, I'm like, okay, that's nice. You're taking responsibility, coach, in the locker room. But what about out there with the media? Are you taking responsibility? And he's not. And that makes me lose even more respect for him, Trey. If I'm sitting here yeah. listening to that as a player, but you won't go out and say anything to the media about it. So I just don't like yeah, Brian Kelly right now. And I think leash is short. And, you know, the message that he gave to the players in that video was, you know, I'm sorry that I couldn't figure out a way to coach you to that victory, uh, which which is kind of taking accountability. But also, to me, honestly, like he's at his wit's end about what to do with the team. Um, so I kind of took the message twofold, I guess. One, it was that, you know, accountability is at the head coach level. But two, it was almost is that he didn't know what to do at this point to motivate his players. Um so I almost took it as a, where is this locker room going as the second part of that message. So I, I, I'll be honest, if I had to put odds on it, Tarvin, I don't think Kelly makes it to this season. All right. Well, well, Trey, since you don't, we haven't asked you about the Auburn Tigers, my team. What do you, what do you think is going on in Auburn? What do you think about what you see out of the, on the field out of them right now? You know. I think uh, Malzahn's gone from being hot to warm. I mean, he's, he's certainly improved the program to where we thought in the very first couple of weeks. But I don't know that I've seen a, a real test yet to really – I mean, we got a couple games coming up for Auburn where I think that's where we're really going to see what's going on. I mean, I, I am, I'm less concerned with the – you know, the – I guess worried about what they did against Mississippi State and these lesser teams that they should beat based on the talent that Auburn has. I mean, they should beat Mississippi State and some of these teams. Uh, I mean, Auburn's top ten in recruiting, I think, overall, if you look at the talent level of stars on their, on their roster. Um, so I think what, sort of jury is still out from my perspective on what Auburn's going to do mm-hmm. and how they're going to be at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm still hearing that, the, you know, you're right. The seat got warmer or got got cooler, but it's still warm because you still have Ole Miss on the road, Bama on the road, Georgia on the road. Yeah. If you get embarrassed mm-hmm. in one or two of those games, that that seat can get real hot. But I just wanted your thoughts on that. I'm getting an echo or something. How do you hear me right now? Do you hear me okay? Uh, you're kind of echoey on my end, Tarvin. Kind of like a speaker echo. But uh, I'll tell you this, Tarvin. I think the big the big litmus test. For uh, Auburn uh, is not necessarily Alabama, and to some extent, maybe not even Ole Miss, because we kind of know what those programs are at this point. I think the big one for me, Tarvin, is Georgia, because um, Georgia, man, we know that Georgia is rebuilding, and if they were to go on the road and, and not look competitive against Georgia, that's where I start to worry, is because we know that Easton is had up and downs and we know the Georgia program is kind of down right now and they're really looking to the future but if they were to go and get taken to the woodshed by Georgia man I think that's where you really got to start worrying because um that's where they are but hey Tarvin I gotta I gotta come off for a second and I'll come back on a little bit all right and Jonathan I think he's right you know you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and if you lose to Georgia now what are you going to do in the future right I mean that's really what he was saying is you can't beat them in a rebuilding year Georgia Bama I think if, if you beat Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Alabama, A&M, you get to somehow you get to nine wins this year and your only losses or just say you get to eight wins and you only losses to Ole Miss and Alabama the rest of the season, I still think what that means is Gus is on the hot seat entering the year next year. Uh, eight and four is just not going to cut it. 
to me. I don't know what you think, Jonathan. Well, I mean, we say eight and four is not going to cut it, but are are we looking at those four losses then? Because those four losses will be uh, Clemson, Alabama, A and M, and Ole Miss. And you know, at this point right now, it's safe to say at least two of those teams are probably going to be in the playoffs. Uh, so you you know, and I'd say probably all four of those teams are going to finish the year top fifteen, top twenty. So I mean, which you know, did Auburn upset anybody? No. I mean, you know, the LSU game, I guess that's still to be seen, but I think LSU's kind of in the same boat as Auburn. So it's one of the things where, like, did you pull off any upsets? No, but you won the games you are supposed to. And when you win the games you're yeah. supposed to, you know, in a year where, let's face it, Auburn offensively, we knew as soon as the season began, when Robinson got booted, you're like, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a rebuild, y'all. Um you know, so I think I think obviously the seat's going to stay warm because expectations at schools like Auburn and Florida State, Notre Dame, and Alabama, their expectations are higher. It's double digits or nothing. You know, that's the conversation we're having well, with Tallahassee. If we don't hit ten wins, is it a failure? Yes. And Jonathan, um, Sean White, people don't think about this. He's got two more years after this one. You know, to I don't know what the ceiling is for this guy. I know that he's improved drastically since last year at this time and actually through the year. Could Sean White be the quarterback problem in the next two years after this? Or do you think they have to go out and get Barrett or Jarrett Stidham or whatever to come in? Or do you think if this guy keeps improving, why would you take him out? I think Gus – I mean, we got to remember Sean White was a top 11 recruit uh, quarterback-wise coming out of high school. I mean, this, this kid's no slouch. Um, I think that as long as he continues to develop and grow, that Gus is going to want him to play quarterback. And you're right, he has improved. He has definitely improved from last year. Just forget last year, he was a freshman. Now he's a sophomore. Next year he'll be a junior. And the biggest jumps you usually see from kids are between sophomore and junior year. Now, the whole Stidham thing, that, I mean, that could be your insurance policy, but at the same point in time, he's transferring. So if, if I'm Gus, I'm up front with Stidham, and I'm telling him, look, Sean White's our dude unless he bombs out. So it might not be best for you to come here, especially since you got that young kid, uh, Woody Barrett, uh, in the pipeline. So I, I think if you're Auburn, you ride with Sean. You let Sean play. You know, Sean slips up or Sean doesn't look good. You got Woody, you got JF3. You can figure something out with either one of them. But I like what I'm seeing from Sean White. This is a kid that yeah. was highly talented coming out of high school, and he's only starting to reach his, his potential. And I love seeing that. Yeah. Uh, that tells me that Gus can coach up somebody. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I was coming to right then is I wasn't a Sean White fan, but I told you guys I like his toughness. I think he would be good for somebody. But Quinn – when I'm watching Sean White every week develop and the game slow down for him, I'm just getting more and more comfortable with the fact a year or two from now, shit, imagine him being with all those stars, being like uh, the green kid from Georgia that started all the games, Matthew Stafford, people like that. When you're a junior and a senior and you've got all those stars under your belt, I don't care if you can run very well or not, you are a damn good quarterback you could be. And, uh, I think the best of Sean White yet to come, and I'm the first one to say I was wrong. I mean, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not completely wrong, but I, I still think I would like to see a, a different type of quarterback. But Sean White right now, how could you take him out of the 
the football game with what he's doing on the field, leading the SEC in pass efficiency. He's only thrown two interceptions. One of those was right through the hands of, of the Auburn receiver. So the guy's growing up, and he's growing up fast. That's what I like about it. Yeah, I I agree, and it's proving that Gus and Rhett Lashley can develop a quarterback, and Gus, and Rhett, Rhett and Gus have uh, tweaked the playbook a little bit to to more go to Sean's strength, and it's working out. And the wide receivers are catching balls. We got talented wide receivers. Use them, and we're being able to yeah. use them. And and the offensive line is playing the better when Sean has time. He can pick apart defenses, and that and that's what he's showing. He's he's deadly accurate. His his deep, his deep ball's getting a little bit better. He still has to work on that a little bit. But I mean, I mean he's playing very well, and I agree. I just think he's going to keep on getting better, and he's going to keep on maturing. And he seems to play even better on the road than he does at home, and th- mm-hmm. and that's big. He does. That's and, and Jonathan, you know, Jonathan, you can build a team. If you have a quarterback and you know this is our man for the next three, two and a half years, you know this is the fact. It's it's a lot better chance to win the SEC and be playing in Atlanta than to take a chance on a JUCO every year if he's going to work out or not. I just like to, you know, knowing that you have a quarterback instead of thinking you could have a quarterback. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I mean, this conversation Florida State had last year um, when we were looking forward to Francois. We didn't, you know, he wasn't playing yet, and we were kind of sitting there going, I mean, is he going to be what we hope he is? Uh, and it's the conversation Florida had with Will Greer before he got booted and, you know, all these other schools. So, I mean, you're right. It's huge having Sean because you know what you can do. And, and, and um, Quinn brought up a great point. They are altering that offense to fit his skill set better. He's a pocket passer. You're not going to change him. Let him be him. And they've done that. They're doing a really good job. You know, this Auburn team is clicking offensively. And that's what you needed with with the best defense in the SEC. You need an offense to click. And it's clicking. I like what I see at Auburn. That's still a team where I say the SEC West race ain't over, y'all. This is still going to be a dogfight till the end. I love it. I love it. And, and I'm going to tell you this. If you can complete passes, you can you can win football games. It all changed. Remember when Xavier Dampier went out in the LSU game and they brought that? I told you about that kid from Texas. They moved him to left tackle and put Golson from left tackle to center. Those two-and-a-half games, that's the best offense I've seen Auburn have all year. So, Gus, if you're listening, I'll forward you the link. How about leaving the offensive line alone and just developing them from there? Because I don't want Dampier coming back. No offense, I just don't want him coming back to center. You don't mess with an offensive line, Jonathan, when you're starting to click. You start, one person can destroy everything you try to build. And I just think right now you're hot. You, you keep it down a little bit. I'm getting a little background, and I don't know if it's uh, somebody's driving in a car. It's not Quinn. Let me try you, Jonathan. It may be me, but it is Jonathan. I don't know uh, if you've got a Bluetooth on or not. But when you're not talking, Jonathan, just uh, mute yourself if you could. So let's I have go been. into. Okay, good. So I was just I was just hearing it sounded like a little roar. I don't know what it was. So 
So get over it, man. Get over it. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, I'm going to throw this out. Look at it. Clemson's schedule right now. Clemson's schedule, they're undefeated. But here's their FBI winning percent for the rest of the year. So 94% for NC State. 98 for Syracuse, 91 Pittsburgh, 93 Wake Forest, 96 South Carolina. But there's a 57 there at Tallahassee. And I think Florida State's going to wake up, guys, enough at least to play that game and give it all they got. And if they lose, they'll, they'll, they'll shut it down a little bit and play Florida and beat them. But, Jonathan, Florida State's not through yet of making a – just a statement on their season. They, yeah, they started out the way they did, but going ten and two and making a New Year's Day six game wouldn't be the best thing in the world. A preseason, that's not what's going to get you happy. But after seeing the losses you had, I bet you'd be happy to take that now. Yeah, I mean, playing in a New Year's Six Bowl, you know, it, it, and not being the conference champ would still would be a disappointment. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but, you know, it'd still be something nice to see. You know, Clemson hasn't won in Tallahassee in a while, and that's something that I like to stress to people. You know, just like Florida State ain't lost in Miami in a while, you know, Clemson ain't won in Tally. So I think that's going to be a big game. Jimbo's got this locker room turned around, uh, you know, and, and when I watch Clemson, I know they just smoke Boston College, but when I watch Clemson, I see a team – that is going to lose a, a one game where you're going to go, what the hell? You know, that Louisville yeah, game was I, almost I it. Do. That Louisville game was almost yeah. it. When you're up 28 to 10 in that third quarter, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa what just happened? And, and whether it's Florida State, whether it's the conference championship against, you know, Virginia Tech or North Carolina, or whether it's the first game of the playoff, they're going to lose a game, and everybody's just going to sit there and go, How? And I, 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 this is nothing against Clemson. I think they're a good team. But there's just there's an ingredient missing there. Clemsoning. Remember that word, everybody. It's it's still out there. They Clemsonized themselves in the uh, championship game last year. <laughs> Clemsonized themselves. That's a, that's a good word. Uh, let's start out Thursday night or Friday night, is it? BYU hosts uh, Mississippi State, Jonathan, and I think you know, Auburn fans are going to find out that beating Mississippi State was good, going over and beating them, but they're going to find out for sure that Mississippi State's just not that good of a football team. Auburn did what they're supposed to with them, plus some. But BYU, I'm taking pretty big in this game against Mississippi State. Uh, I think it's tough to play there, especially a night game at 10-15 at night. I just like BYU in this one. Who do you like? I like BYU. I think they're just going to physically ground Mississippi State out of this one. Well, who do you like in Mississippi State BYU, my friend? Uh, I, I I think BYU wins. I agree with you guys. It's about time you agree with us. I mean, I'm only 30 and 0. Do you see me get hosed out of the uh, pick'em contest with Jason and Jason's group? Did you see that? Wait, what? I got hosed on uh, Jonathan. Here's the rules of, of Jason and Sonia's pick'em contest, right? There's 10 games, straight-up winners. Uh, I'm 20-0 and 0 the last two weeks, now 30-0 and 0 for the past three weeks. Well, the rules are if you pick Minnesota to win, the Gophers, that's an automatic win, right? So I picked the Gophers because I'm getting an automatic win. 
Well, I hit the other nine games, but Chris Smelly came in, picked against Minnesota, which he won, but he lost the NC State or North Carolina game. He picked him to beat Virginia Tech. And Jason said I lost because of the tiebreaker. But who won that? If I went ten and zero, and somebody went nine and one, is there a tiebreaker needed? I'm I'm about to say even if we're gonna say both here on nine and one, wouldn't their tiebreaker be you picking Minnesota? So I mean, what, what, what what's going on there? I don't I don't know. I don't trust these people. It's it's because it's because they didn't want that Auburn banner hanging for three weeks in a row, right, Quinn? They did not yep. want that Auburn banner. And I'm telling you, Sonia, Jason, if you're listening, call in. If you can if you miss that game and you put somebody because I caught the air and it was it was first saying, Congratulations, uh, Chris Smelly went ten and zero, and Harvin went ten and zero. Smelly won the tiebreaker and I'm like, Oh, hold on a minute. Uh last time I checked, North Carolina lost to Virginia Tech. Uh, okay, well well that, well hold on, from now on Minnesota's not gonna be a gimme anymore and I'm sitting there thinking, Well, they shouldn't have been to begin with. I mean, don't don't penalize me for following the rules. Kind of like Donald Trump's tax returns. Don't penalize Donald for taking the loophole, you know, uh, for getting out of paying all these federal taxes at the end of the year. But I just, I just feel like I was cheated a little bit. You know what I said, Jonathan? I said, Smelly, go ahead and have it. He can have it. I'm a, I'm a, we, we all know who won anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Taking the high road. money on the line. Yeah. So, he just butt hurt. I'm 30 and 0 in three weeks. It happens, you know. It's hard to do, but it's not hard to do when you put games on there that are Alabama favored 58. I mean, who am I going to take straight up? I mean, you know, you you put games on there that are close to competitive and those kind of pickups, don't you, Jonathan? You don't put games with 24-point point spreads on them and Think somebody's going to yeah. be the underdog. I was pissed. I was pissed because I got Miami, Florida State wrong. And if Miami would have kicked, would have made that extra point, that game would have went into OT, and they maybe could have won that. So Miami screwed it for me. Quinn Wade, friend. That's what you get for betting on Miami. That's what you get for taking Miami, man. You know they can't kick extra points and fell goals against Florida. But he's Florida State. What are you talking about? But have you watched the history of this game? How a kick decided it for years and years and years and years and years. But anyway, uh, here's Minnesota and Maryland. We'll talk about this since we talked about the Gophers. Minnesota's going on the road at Maryland. Uh, I got Maryland pretty big in this one, Jonathan. I think Maryland wins by 17 going away. Man, Maryland's trash. Um, I saw how bad they were against Penn State uh, last week. I'm going to take Minnesota to win this game, but to be completely honest, I'm not going to watch a minute of it. Yeah, me too. Quinn, I'm not even going to ask you who you think right now. That's how meaningless it is. Uh, But here's a good game, Miami-North Carolina. Miami's at home. Uh, I think they rebound a little bit, and I think they – they they get their swagger back. I mean, their quarterback got their got his teeth knocked out last week. Tough kid against Florida State, and uh, continued to play the game. I think Jonathan they they take care of business and beat North Carolina. I think it's a close game, but I think Miami wins. Well, going back like three or four years now, after Florida State loses, I mean, after Miami loses to Florida State, 
they tend to tailspin. Um, they, they, this is now like, and this is now a trend where they usually have a losing record for the remainder of the season after uh, after a loss to FSU. So I'm actually going to take North Carolina here. I think North Carolina gets back on track. Um, there's a little bias in this pick, but I, I think North Carolina honestly is a better team than Miami. Mm, Quinn, what do you think, buddy? You're the I'm, I'm, ta- I'm taking uh, Miami. I think they'll get back on track. North Carolina got absolutely school drug last week. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they did. Well, Oklahoma, or excuse me, Michigan State's at home against Northwestern. I don't know why I'm talking about this game, except the fact Michigan State's fallen so far, Jonathan. They're only a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Northwestern. So, um, I'm picking the upset in this one. I'm going to go with Northwestern. I think Michigan State's terrible. I, I I know Michigan State, there might be a little bit of a quarterback controversy brewing there now. I, I really don't know what to think of this game, to be completely frank. I'll take Northwestern to win just because it, I think it'd be fun. Quinn, who do you got, buddy? I got Northwestern also. <clears throat> All right. Here's my upset alert game right here. Um, maybe I'm crazy. New kick, Oklahoma at home against Kansas State. Kansas State just seems to be that thorn in the side. And coming off the Texas game, Jonathan, this is where Oklahoma usually, uh, you know, struggles a little bit. So could Kansas State come in to Stillwater, or not Stillwater, could they come into Oklahoma and win this game in Norman? I think they could. Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough game. Kansas State has shown this year that they are a very tough team. Uh you know, one one last week against Texas Tech, lost by one to West Virginia. You know, lost by thirteen to a fully healthy what we thought was a good Stanford team at the time. Uh, you know, I, I got to give Kansas State credit; they always give Oklahoma a tough time, especially in Norman. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. Oh, I don't even know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Kansas State here for the upset, just because I think uh, it, it can happen. Because you're right; the week after they beat Texas, Oklahoma tends to struggle. Yeah, I'm going to go with the upset as well. Call me crazy. Uh, yeah, it's a big 10.5-point spread in this game, but you know what I think about 10-point favorites at home when they usually go down. So I'm going to pick the upset in this one. I'm going, I'm going with uh, Bill Snyder a little bit. Yeah, I wavered on this game. I really thought about it, but uh... – I I think Oklahoma is going to pull it out. If this was in Kansas State, I'd probably pick Kansas State. But since Oklahoma is at home, I think I'll pick Oklahoma. Yeah, next game is Florida is at home against Missouri, favorite 14. Missouri must be bad to be a 14-point dog for Florida because Florida can't score points. Missouri just got steamrolled by LSU. This is a tough one. I think Florida wins it. But I think it's one of those ugly wins again. I think they, the bye week probably helped them a little bit. But I still think Florida can't score. Missouri's got a defense. They've got pressure on the front. They can get pressure on the quarterback. This game could be closer than what people think. I, I think it's going to be like the Florida-Missouri game last year where uh, we all went in going, there's no way Florida's going to beat them by 10 points and Florida beat them by 28 because – their defense put up a couple touchdowns. I think we're going to see the same thing here, where Missouri just struggles so much uh, against that Florida front that they're going to give up at least one 
uh, defensive score. I think Florida's going to win this game, but it's going to be a lower score and it's going to be hideous. Quinn, what do you think? Missouri, I mean, they've got a bear at LSU, but they just played Georgia tough. Uh, almost won that game. I mean, we, we all knew Missouri was going to suck this year, but 14 points is a lot to give up. Yeah, I I want to go upset alert, but I don't know if I can pull it. Yeah, I think Florida wins close, and they're usually an ugly game. Every game Florida plays is an ugly game. But, yeah, I think Florida barely pulls it out. All right, let's go to the Alabama-Tennessee game. I mean, this, this line opened at 8, Quinn. It opened at 8. It's now up to 13. Tennessee's at home. Alabama's got a lot of question marks still to answer in my mind. They're not the same team as people think they are from last year. Um, yeah, they beat an Arkansas team that has a bad defense. They gave up 30 points to Arkansas, 400 yards. Tennessee coming off the gauntlet of games, Georgia, Florida, at A&M. They should have won. Think about this, Glenn. You turn the ball over seven times on the road against the top five team, and you almost win. I mean, what does Tennessee have to do to win this game? I don't know if Hurd's playing. I have no idea about the injury report. I think uh, Vegas puts the line perfect at about eight. I think that's where it should be. The public has moved this line up five points. So that's why I was telling you to be careful. I would take Tennessee plus the points and a money line to win the game in this one. I just I think Alabama could lose it. Tennessee's a tough place to play in the river. They haven't played four quarters yet of football. If they do, Alabama's in trouble. Yeah, well the thing is that yeah, well, they can't turn the ball over against Alabama, I think. Um, and, and Tennessee got off to a fast start against A&M. They just kept on turning the ball over. They had a good first quarter, but then they would fumble the ball. I mean, Tennessee should have, Tennessee should have blew out A&M in A&M. That's just the truth. I mean, they should have beat A&M by two or more touchdowns. But I I just don't think that, that that turnover problem will get any better. And Alabama has a better defense than A and M. So I think in the line going up like that, usually usually I don't buy in the whole oh a line goes up like that. But this really this is really a head scratcher for me that Alabama is a twelve and a half favorite over a over a pretty good Tennessee team in Tennessee. Yeah, but I, I still think, I mean, if you watch that Tennessee game, you saw people go out left and right, and I think people betting with their money, they think this is the game Tennessee gets blown out. I think it could be the game Tennessee rallies together because, I mean, it doesn't matter. This game doesn't matter to Tennessee as much as people think it does. Maybe that's why the line's so high. Because if Tennessee, if I was Tennessee, I would rest all my best players in this game, get them healthy, finish the season against this easy schedule you got. Go to Atlanta, ten and two, with your full staff, your full team, Jonathan, ready to rock and roll. Eleven and two Tennessee team that won the SEC championship. 
will make the playoffs, especially with the injuries they've had and the schedule they've had. Tennessee could fold up in this game. Yeah, I, I don't see that. I mean, this year has been the year of ending streaks for Tennessee with, with their, you know, start off with their win over Florida. Now they want to beat Alabama, win the SEC East, and win the SEC. They're, try, they're trying to get a nice little sweep going here. Um, uh, the line's going to inflate for Alabama because all, every single Alabama fan is going to bet Alabama every week, no matter what the line is. So that, that, that's just the Patriots of the NFL. I don't know what yeah. I mean. I've said that. Um, I said that today, actually. I said the exact <laughs> same thing, Johnson. Bama, if you put that line at 25, Bama fans would bet it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're always going to bet a line up. So I, I think Tennessee not only covers the spread, but I think they win this game because their game against A and M reminded me of Florida State's game against North Carolina, where they actually put a complete 60-minute effort together and still lost in a heartbreaking fashion. You know, Florida State came out on offense and pounded the rock down the field early on North Carolina, just like Tennessee did against A and M. So I think Tennessee has a shot to beat Alabama, and I'm actually going to take them to win this game. Yeah, I am as well. Aren't you guys concerned about the turnovers? No. No? Yeah, I mean, it's a really bad trend. Not at home, I'm not. Not at home. Not after turning the ball over seven times. I'm not worried about it because all we can practice, I think they focus on it. And I I think Tennessee didn't look at A&M. The same way they look. They circled this Alabama game when they circled three games: Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. I don't think they circled A and M because that game really doesn't matter. If you look at it, Tennessee lost; they're still ranked the same. That was just like a game where Tennessee played all their backups they could, got people playing time, and still almost won that game. But Alabama, you're going to see a different Tennessee team in this game. And I don't know about this freshman quarterback. He's been lucky and played an Ole Miss team that just the defense really got Alabama back in that game against Ole Miss. That's who got the, the team back in it. Arkansas's defense is trash. Tennessee's defense is pretty good. And if they get some people back here and there, being at home with that crowd, I'm telling you, this freshman quarterback, Jonathan, can finally play like a freshman. And if he does, watch out because Tennessee may beat the piss out of them. I mean, I'm just saying that the line on this game is shocking to me. It really is. But once I sit back and think about it, Vegas put it, Jonathan, at eight points. That's what Vegas thinks. And that's probably a point higher than I would have put it. But to have it at 13 is almost like not only give me the 13, but I want the money line in this one. And, and I know that now listen to this. It could be crazy. It could be off the wall. Vegas doesn't want people betting the money line on this game either way, so they put the line up. I don't think you can bet money lines for anything over 10. So I think once they got to this point now, you can't take Tennessee money line or Alabama money line because either one of these teams could win. And if you, if you take Tennessee money line with a 13-point spread, Jonathan, people could be winning a ton of money and Vegas could lose. That's, that's one big thing about this game. Uh, I mean, it depends on, on who, you're, who you're betting through and whether or not you can bet money lines to a certain uh, limit. I know um, the site I used to use, it was 21 or 22 is the cutoff. Uh, essentially, it was, you know, like 20,000 to 1. Um, so, you know, there, there are, there's always, always, you know, depends on who you're going through. I know a lot of the online, especially offshore uh, people, it's 10. I know that's their cutoff and it's 
to cut off that I hate. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that this is definitely going to be a key game for, for Vegas because uh, if Alabama covers, I, I have a feeling they'll win more bets, they'll win more money than they'll, you know, they would uh, win, you know, win otherwise with Tennessee because I think a lot of people are going to try and take Tennessee plus the points and take them on the money line. Yeah, I just think Tennessee is such a talented. You got to think, you turn the ball over seven times and you all you take the lead in the game against A and M on the road. I I really think Tennessee's mind's been on Alabama for a while. If they win this game, they lock up the East in my mind. There's no way they lose it. And also, it just makes everything college football a lot better if Tennessee wins this game because now Jonathan, the Final Four. Oh my God! It could be so many different possibilities now if Alabama loses, and it's about it's October, man. This is right here in the middle of October is when these upsets happen, and I'm excited to see. So, Quinn, you're taking Bama. Jonathan and I are taking Tennessee in this game uh, to win. So we'll, yep. so we'll see. Um, Ole Miss going on the road to Arkansas. Ole Miss an eight point favorite, and. Arkansas defense, guys, is not what it's stacked up to be. Ole Miss's defense is good. I think Ole Miss blows this one open, Jonathan. I, I just, if you, you're having trouble defending Bama, what are you going to do with these six five six six receivers right now that Ole Miss is going to throw at you? And I, Ole Miss is good at stopping the run, and I know the Allen kids see for 400 yards on Bama, but that was more coming from behind, trying to throw a lot. I don't think Ole Miss will allow that many passing yards in this one. I've got Ole Miss pretty big in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Ole Miss runs right over Arkansas. Not really much of a contest. Um, This is a revenge game for Ole Miss after what happened last year. Um, This is a statement game, really, for Ole Miss. uh, And the standpoint of it, they smoke Arkansas. Everybody's got to turn their head and look and go, wait a minute, this is a good team. We, you know, LSU and A&M cannot sleep on this team or avoid them. So uh, I really think Ole Miss wins by uh, by 20-plus. And, Jonathan, you know, Arkansas just played Bama, and now they're playing Ole Miss. Auburn's resting at home, healing up. They go to Jordan-Hare Stadium at 6 o'clock next weekend. It's uh, not looking good for Arkansas. You can see a four-game losing streak from the Razorbacks going back to A&M. Quinn, who do you like in this one? Uh, I just have a hunch. I just have a hunch that uh, Arkansas, Arkansas will be Ole Miss. I could see Ole Miss blowing them out, no. but I, I just have a hunch. And, and Arkansas plays Ole Miss usually pretty well, so I don't know. But I could also I, see Ole Miss blowing when they them had out. A defense. Yeah, it's back when they had a defense. And Georgia's at home. A noon kick. We've seen Georgia play these noon day games, and they're 14 point favorite at home over Bandy. That's too high to me. I think Georgia wins the game against Vanderbilt, Quinn, but I think Vanderbilt covers easy. Um, Georgia's just not going to blow anybody out right now with this offense. Vanderbilt plays a tough, stingy defense. They do have trouble scoring. You may see something like 17 to 6 you know, 11-point difference, but I just don't see Georgia covering 14 against Vanderbilt. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think I think it could be uh, the Florida score of Vandy when Vandy and Florida played. I think it could be like 13-6. I, 
I I think that'll be the score. Jonathan, what do you think of this? One? Are you driving well, the I, car? I, no. Okay, um, I was just wondering. I'm... So I, I you think. You driving on a uh, motorcycle? No, nah, man. Talking. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm sitting. I'm <laughs> sitting. I'm sitting in my office. <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm joking. <laughs> I'm looking at this game, and I agree with both of y'all. I think it's gonna be low scoring, ugly. But I think Georgia has too much talent to lose to Vanderbilt uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, Florida State's at home, twenty-one over Wake Forest. Um, I think this is probably about a fifty-six. Uh, 14 type of game, Jonathan. Tell me what you think. I know the money's coming in on Wake Forest right now, but I think Florida State at home, 3.30 kickoff, they're going to put up a lot of points. Well, Wake Forest is one of those teams that they're 4-5-1, I believe, right now. Uh, people, for some odd reason, want to believe in them, even though if you look at their schedule, I mean, their best win is Indiana, and people all of a sudden really think Indiana's a good team because they beat Michigan State. Um uh, Florida State lost Nate Andrews today, one of the uh, starting safeties. Uh, he's out for the year. But Ermon Lane, a former five-star receiver recruit, actually came in, played safety, and played it pretty well uh, against Miami. I think Florida State dominates this game from start to finish. This is going to be a statement game, getting geared up and ready uh, for uh, the Clemson game uh, in two weeks after the bye. Well, I agree. I think uh... – I think uh, that Florida State will blow them out. And uh, Florida State's defense actually impressed impressed me uh, against Miami. I thought they played much better. So, yeah, I think they're going to really blow them out because they switched to a man defense finally. Well, Notre Dame-Stanford in Notre Dame. Night game, I don't think Stanford can stop Notre Dame right now with the corners out. I don't have any reports showing they're coming back. Notre Dame is in must-win mode here. I think Notre Dame wins by 10 points or more in this game against Stanford Quinn. I don't think Stanford can score. I think I think Stanford wins in a high-scoring game last minute. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just don't have much. You're, you're trying on. that reverse psychology. Quit your crap. You know who you think's going to win. Quit trying to go no, against your team. I, I, you even saw in the group, in the group pick them things, I even went with Stanford. Yeah, you're trying to, Jonathan, I'm seeing right through him. I'm seeing right through him. He knows he's going to win this game. He's trying to do a reverse jinx. Yeah, I mean, I think Notre Dame wins this game for reasons we talked about earlier. Stanford secondary doesn't look like it's getting any healthier. McCaffrey might miss this game. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the whole he called out the center in the media and then the conversation with him in the locker room, I, I think that's bad juju. Don't, I, you know, I, I expect Notre Dame to win, but if they laid an egg, it wouldn't surprise me. And if they lay an egg, that team has put on Kelly – and he better start looking for another job. Yeah. Especially if McCaffrey's out and their secondary's out and they still lose, they may be fired that next day. Uh, but I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Ohio State. Now, this is the game of the week, one of them. This is a huge game in the Big Ten. Ohio State goes on the road at night to Wisconsin. Here's a 10-point spread. 
And I'm one of those from the camp that I think Wisconsin's terrible. But, but again, here's Ohio State not terrible, excuse me. They're, they're not as good as what that ranking is. But is Ohio State as good as their rankings win? Because I look at this game and being on the road for a young team like this, this is not Oklahoma where you can score through them like slight, with hot buttons. This is Wisconsin. They're going to make you fight for every yard. And when you get a bunch of young players out there having to fight for four quarters and something goes wrong, it can easily compound on the road. This is a tricky one. So I want to hear you guys pick first, Quinn. Who do you like Ohio State at Wisconsin? I think Ohio State, but Madison is one of probably one of the more hostile crowds in uh in college football, and they're a big party town, so it, it's it's going to be really loud and really noisy. But Ohio State is just so much more talented. They have a really they have a really good defense. I I I think they beat Wisconsin pretty good, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a close game. But I just I just think Ohio State is much more talented, and they'll get through it and win by two Johnson, or more touchdowns. Johnson, does the left-handed quarterback for Wisconsin give Ohio State any problems in this game? Uh, Secondary-wise, I don't think so. They got, I mean, Ohio State's got one of the better secondary units in the country. Um, I believe they lead the country in pick sixes. Uh, I'm looking – I'm looking at this front seven for Ohio State. They're going to have to have a big game. If Wisconsin hits their underneath routes, especially to the tight ends, and they can gash this defense for a buck 50, 200 yards rushing, they can win this game. But Wisconsin's secondary has got to limit the big plays. I'm not looking at the defense as a whole because I think that front seven can shut down the running game. But it's really going to be if JT Barrett can hit the, hit the receivers deep. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a call here because I want to see it more than anything. I'm gonna take Wisconsin to beat Ohio State here because I want to see Wisconsin win that game. They got a huge home field advantage at Camp Randall. Uh, I think this is gonna be a fun game to watch because you're gonna see a team that's gonna try and spread them out and beat them with speed against a team that's gonna try and just punch you in the mouth over and over and over again. And this is what happens when you have a conference with some teams like like Wisconsin. They can beat you on any given day. Uh, I don't think Ohio State's been tested yet. They played Oklahoma, but physically tested. They get tested this weekend, and I'm I'm going to lean with Jonathan in this one. I, there's something about the night, the time environment in, in Camp Randall, the the fans, the the grit of this team. Especially, remember they played Michigan 14 to seven, which shocked me. My lock of the week that week was Michigan big-time covering, but they beat LSU. They went to Michigan State. They didn't barely beat them. They destroyed them. And I just think being at home, Wisconsin could be the second-best team in the Big Ten behind Michigan, and we're going to find out Saturday night. So Jonathan and I are on the same page in this one. Uh, it's just this 10-point line has got my mind, man. It's got my eye. It looks at it. Here's another upset special. If you're, if you're, if you're Looking on the West Coast, it's a 3.30 game. Southern Cal's been playing better, Jonathan, but going on the road to Arizona, giving up eight points. We've seen what Arizona can do uh, at home when they're underdogs under Rich Rodriguez. This is 
I'm going to go ahead and call the upset. Arizona beat Southern Cal. And I know the line's eight. I know it's moving in the direction. People are betting USC. I have a sneaky feeling about this game, Jonathan. Who do you like? I mean, as we saw last week with Arizona against Utah, um, Utah's a pesky team. You know, everybody wanted to point to that Washington game and say, that's why Washington isn't good. And then Washington does what they did over the last two weeks. You're like, oh, wait a minute, Arizona might be a little better. And I think Arizona's a good team. They have really good mojo going at home. Uh, but this US, yeah, USC, if they don't have the turnovers they did last week, they obliterate Colorado. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I think USC's a better team. But they have a hard time with State Arizona. I'm going to go ahead and take USC to win a field goal game. Uh, I I I think uh, USC wins. Uh, Arizona's on a three three game losing streak, and I I just think that losing streak will continue. Well, NFL, real quick, I, I think you're going to start seeing the teams that were supposed to perform high in the year start back on their skid of of uh, our streak of doing good. Atlanta going to Seattle. Jonathan, I think Atlanta finally gets beat. And I think it starts putting things in motion for Atlanta to continue to lose. I like Seattle at home against Atlanta. No way Atlanta wins this game. Yeah, I, I like Seattle as well to win this game. Uh, they, you know, Atlanta did a good job of going to Denver and beating them last week. Uh, Denver was starting the rookie quarterback, so uh, that obviously uh, benefited the Falcons. But I, I think Seattle, coming off a of bye week, uh, takes care of business. Yeah, Green Bay at home against uh, the Cowboys. Clint, did you pick? I'm sorry. I I agree with you guys. I think Seattle wins at home. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Some of these Cowboy fans are out there saying they'd rather have Prescott out there than Romo when he comes back. But I think Green Bay beats Dallas. I think they beat them pretty good, Jonathan. But I agree, something's wrong with Green Bay right now and Aaron Rodgers in that offense. But um, Colin Coward was talking about Dallas being the Deacon and Dak offense to play. Well, he's only throwing one interception, yeah, because he only doesn't throw two-yard screen passes and underneath and hand the ball off to the against the, behind the best offensive line in the NFL. I think Dallas finally loses. I'm going to pick against them this week again, and hopefully it pays off. Green Bay. That's you, Jonathan. Oh, yeah, my bad. You button got stuck again. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Green Bay to win this game as well. Um, I think the uh, the Cowboys, uh, well, they, they've been good. They haven't been great. And their offense is doing enough to not screw up. That's been their whole thing. Don't turn the ball over and we'll do fine. Uh, I, I, it's going to be a tight game because Green Bay can't ever really blow anybody out. But uh, I, I like the Packers here with Aaron Rodgers uh, to, to go ahead and take care of business at home. All right, Quinn. Green Bay, Green Bay just doesn't seem right to me. And Dallas defensively played pretty played pretty well last week. I I think Dallas pulls it out in a close game. That with with Dak and them not turning the ball over, and with a good offensive line, I I think they could get the running game going. Yeah. I, 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 Green Bay just isn't right to me, and 
And it's funny. I just saw a stat in the last 11 games, Brian, the last 11 starts that Rodgers and Hoyer have had, Hoyer is outplayed Rodgers. When you see that, there's something wrong in Green Bay. And, and think about this. Tom Brady has one less touchdown pass than Dak Prescott this year, Jonathan. Tom Brady played one game. Okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was against the Cleveland Browns, so let's go ahead and take that but as lightly as we can. But, yeah, I mean, Dak's whole thing, the, the Cowboys' offense has been, let's get it down there. You know, just dink and dunk, work your way down there. we got a ZQ Elliott. He's a really good running back. Let's feed the beast. we got Alfred Morris. He's a good running back. Feed the beast. Um, hey, you know, it's a very good, balanced, conservative offense. I like what they're running with Dak Prescott. I think it's, I think they're doing a really Whoa. good job, to be completely honest. And no Des Bryant. He's going to D2. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott is playing like a man. What, what's wrong with these Alabama running backs? Henry, he, I don't even think he scored two fantasy points all year. I mean, Heisman well, Trophy winner. Just, I don't know how great he is. He can't even get a first down. I mean, you have Kenyon Drake in Miami, who Miami's not really using. And that, that, that bothers me a little bit. Miami don't know what's going on. Uh, their their coach is still figuring things out, but well, he's you a good can't do this. Back. He's a good running back. Good right, back. but they're and they're not giving him touches, so I'm willing to give him a pass right now. Derrick Henry just can't get on the field because Demarco Murray looks like the Demarco Murray in Dallas, and I don't think anybody really expected that in Tennessee. But this is an offensive line Tennessee's been building on that's, to be honest, good. Um, DeMarco Murray has done a phenomenal job not only running with the football but catching it out of the backfield. Henry's not going to see the field right now. So I'm going to go ahead and reserve some judgment on him. But at the same point in time, if he's as good as he's supposed to be, he should be forcing their hands and making them put both of them out there. And they're not having to put both of them out there. I want you to think about this, this draft for Dallas, though. They, they picked up Ezekiel Elliott looking like geniuses in the first round. They got Dak Prescott. You take away those two players from Dallas, they're winless this year. How great of a draft did Dallas have, Jonathan, just to get those two players? And how big of an impact have they made in the NFL right now? My gosh. Oh, I mean, it's a great job of, of you know, not only of making the decision that, we all knew they might make, but we didn't necessarily agree with in Ezekiel Elliott. We we thought Dallas should have gone defense there, uh, and Elliott's proven to be the guy that they want. I mean, this is Ezekiel Elliott is the type of running back you can take in the first round and not feel that. I mean, Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley were both first round picks the year before. Melvin Gordon had a rough rookie year. He leads the league in touchdowns this year. Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley. I mean, he's a good running back, uh, and then Dak Prescott. You hate to say it like this, but A, they got lucky because of the DUI. So if he doesn't get that DUI, he doesn't fall to them. But it was a great job of looking at that situation and saying, you know what, I, not, this young man fell enough far enough in the draft to where they can dedicate himself to football, and he's done that. And he's somebody who's learned and has done a really good job fitting into this offense. That's your quarterback for the future. We've been telling the Cowboys, you need to get somebody to replace Romo when Romo, when Romo finally retires because he's up there in age. And they took a shot, and it's paid off. Uh, it's working in space. I mean, there's there's no other way of really looking at it. Well, Quinn, just for you here, the Bears in Jacksonville. Uh, 
in Chicago. Who do you got in this one? Warriors high. I don't know. I Jacksonville hasn't looked too good. I think I think the Bears could pull it out. They they should have beat the Colts. They made some dumb mistakes and missed some field goals. They should have beat the Colts, but the offense is actually doing better than I thought. Hoyer's Hoyer's doing better than I thought. If the defense can do decent, I I think they could win this game. So, yeah, I'll take the Bears in a really close game, 23-20 or something like that. Yeah, I'll take the Bears too, Jonathan. I'm going to take the Bears as well here. I think the Jaguars – you know, people have high expectations for them because of some of the numbers you've seen and things like that. But this Jaguars team is really just a king of garbage time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Carolina on the road at New Orleans gets it done. Or oh, my gosh, they better. It's over. They lose this one and they go one and five. But two and four with that schedule they got with Cam Newton coming back. I think Carolina, no need to panic just yet. But if they lose this one, it's panic time. So uh, I'm going to take the Panthers in a desperation game. Cam Newton's back, Quinn. He's not going to let them lose anymore. Yeah, I think I I I think Carolina will win also. Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, after the week before last, I had Carolina going nine and seven and winning this division. I had them beating the Bucks on, uh, last night. Obviously, that did not happen. Cam wasn't playing. I I, you know, I picked the box once I found out Cam wasn't playing. Uh, I think Carolina writes the ship. New Orleans is horrendous. They are horrendous. And Carolina's got to win this game and build some momentum here. But that defense is in trouble, guys. That defense in Carolina is a mess right now. Yeah. I mean, they – and that's the thing. Cam can come back and do wonders. But the defense what got him to the Super Bowl last year. It wasn't Cam Newton. Cam had a part of it. It wasn't the offense so much as it was that dominant defense. And until they figure that out, that's why they're losing these games. It's not offense. It's defense. Oh, I agree 100%. They need to get the magic back. They need to do something, figure it out. I don't know what's going on. Is Norman that valuable of a player? That's still to be determined. But they're in panic mode right now. I'm panicking at one and four. But but at least you're in the division. You're not with the Patriots or somebody. You've got the Falcons up there. So we know what Atlanta does. We know that this is not for real. You know, that what Atlanta's doing now is all pretty, but we know they fall apart middle to the later every season. So we'll see. But, guys, that's a wrap. We're going to get out of here. We had to do a show tonight instead of later in the week because I'm not going to be able to do the work. But we'll be back Sunday evening, probably around 6 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock Eastern, go over all the games of the weekend and bring you home on these late NFL games. So, guys, take care. God bless. And we will see you Sunday. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Yep.